of the Gospel of Mark and chapter number 4. The Gospel of Mark and chapter number 4. And we're going to read uh, one of the occasions. Uh, this uh, parable is uh, uh, recorded uh, several times in the Gospels. And one of those occasions here is in Mark chapter 4 of the sower uh, that went out to sow. Mark and chapter number 4. Mark and chapter number 4. And would you stand with me please? Out of respect for the Word of God as we read responsively the parable that the Lord Jesus shares. I'm beginning with verse number 3 and we'll read responsibly finishing together on verse number 20. Mark chapter 4 and I'm beginning with verse 3. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside. And the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when, when the sun... Let's try again, verse number 6. Here we go. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty and some sixty and some an hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables. That seeing they may see and not perceive. And hearing they may hear and not understand. Lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will ye know all parables? The sower soweth the word. Now what happens in the next verses before we continue responsibly is an explanation now, of course, of uh, those four types of ground uh, upon which the seed fell. And I'm picking back up at verse 15 now. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time afterward when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixtyfold, and some an hundred. I want to speak to you tonight on the subject of fruitful life, of fruitful life. A fruitful life. Uh, I'm going to do more teaching. I'm going to preach at the end a little bit. Uh, I'm going to preach at the end. 
But I want to teach. I want to try to break this down for you. And I want you to see something. Uh, I understand that uh, uh, many of the stories that the Lord Jesus told are uh, 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 interpreted uh, primarily one way. But uh, even if there is a primary interpretation, there can be many applications of the same story or the same truth. And I want to apply this uh, parable, I think perhaps in a way, I don't know that, I don't think I've ever applied it this way in preaching. Uh, but I want to explain it and break it down for you. And I think it will be helpful to us as we apply this to our own personal lives. And we think about this matter of a fruitful life. Let's pray. Father, uh, we do desire to live a fruitful life for thee. What a shame it would be for us to live our lives on this earth and go to heaven empty handed. And so help us to take these truths that you so clearly outlined more than once in the gospels for us. And help us to see, Lord, how that we could learn and we could grow and we could be uh, fruitful believers in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. And you may be seated. The Bible says that the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse number 30. How many of you say, Pastor, yeah, I do desire to be a fruitful Christian. Say amen. amen. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. You know, you and I ought to pray that God would let us win souls to Jesus Christ. Uh, this uh, matters all the way through the Bible. And we ought to pray. I remember asking Wendy's dad uh, one time several years ago. I was in Mexico. And her dad, of course, is a great missionary and a man of prayer and greatly used of God. But I asked him, and, uh, and uh, uh, her dad's a little hard to figure out. His personality is such, a, it, it, I'm sure people that are closer to him are better at it than me. And I love him from a distance. And I count him a friend, but I haven't spent a lot of time with him, so it's a little hard to figure out. And I said, uh, you know, uh, I said, uh, Brother Wynn, I said, uh, 40 years on the mission field and people saved week after week after week by the hundreds and thousands. I said, how do you keep your burden for souls? And he looked like, like at me like that was the dumbest question in all the world. And when he gave me the answer, I felt like it was the dumbest question in all the world. I said, how do you keep your burden for souls all these years? He goes, I pray for it every day. I said, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And, <laughs> you know, we want some complicated answer, right? Uh, it is a simple thing. And I, I want a burden for souls. Do you want a burden for souls? I do. I want, to be a, I want to be a fruitful Christian. And so I believe we ought to pray for souls. John 15 goes from the person who bears no fruit and then the one who bears fruit and then the one who bears more fruit and the one who bears much fruit. And the Lord said in that John 15, that's when the Father is glorified, when we bear much fruit. But even on beyond that, he said, we ought to pray and desire fruit that remains. Amen. I want fruit that remains. Listen, when I go to heaven, I want some folks still winning souls after me that the Lord let me influence their life. Amen. That's what I want. I believe that's what uh, Paul was challenging Timothy about. And uh, in his letter to Timothy, he said, The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And so I believe we ought to pray, God, give us a soul. Uh, give, give me souls. Give me souls. Fill me with your spirit. Let me win someone to Christ. But I believe we ought to pray beyond that. Lord, give me more souls. Amen. And give, give me many souls. Amen. Give me fruit. Give me more fruit. Give me much fruit. That's biblical. That's John 15. How many of you want the Father to be glorified in your life? Say amen. amen. The Father is glorified, John 15, when we bear much fruit. So we ought to desire that. Amen. How many of you want God to be glorified? Amen. 
Okay, then we want him to be glorified. He said he's glorified when we bear much fruit. But even beyond that, we want to have fruit that remains. And so I think we ought to be saying, Lord, please give me souls. And then, Lord, uh, let me help folks grow in the Lord. Let me bring someone along. Paul had a Timothy and every believer in here. Listen, if you've been saved more than a week or two, you ought to have somebody up under your arms, spiritually speaking. Someone whose soul you're concerned for, whose spiritual well-being is on your mind and heart, and somebody you think about frequently and you're praying for and you're watching for their souls. And somebody you're ministering to. I was going through the Sunday school classes. Thank you, Vestals, for the pictures that you gave me of the Sunday school classes. And I don't know all the kids' names. I was going this morning, had that book open in my lap, just going through and thinking about each one. And those I knew by name, praying for them. And for you teachers. And I, I got a little jealous of you teachers. Well, I was looking at those pictures thinking, I wish I was in there. I want, I want to teach that class. And uh, when we got to the nurseries, I didn't pray that. But anyway, uh, but... Uh, but, uh, but uh, listen, I, I want to influence someone. I want to, I, don't take this wrong way, but I want to be a life changer. I understand I can't change a life, but I'd like God to use me, amen? Is it okay if I say that? I'd like to be a life changer, amen? I'd like to be somebody that impacts the lives of others and, and, and they follow Jesus Christ because I influenced them and I love them and I prayed for them and I desire that. I want that and I want that fruit that remains. I, listen, I want a bunch of people at my funeral. I want you to weep and cry and mourn, amen? You can shout, but I want you to cry too. Amen. Don't sing that song, No Tears in My Funeral. I want lots of tears at my funeral. And, uh, and shout a while and cry a while. But I hope there'll be some there that is saved by the grace of God. I'm going to go on for Christ. Amen. And uh, I desire that. I want a fruitful life. I don't want just a fruitful season. I want a fruitful life. I want a fruitful life. Now let's break these, uh, this parable down. We know this, of course, that the, uh, the, the, the seed is the Word of God, right? Most of you have heard this. It might be new to some, I think. But for most of you, you already know that the seed is the Word of God. So we find in verse 3, a sower, uh, 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 behold, there went out a sower to sow. We, we find in verse 4, came to pass as he sowed, uh, some fell. The seed fell. What does that represent? What? The Word of God. What does that represent? The. What does it represent? The. I told you I'm teaching, so this is a responsive teaching class. Uh, and the seed is the what? Word of God. First number five. And some fell on stony ground. What fell on stony ground? Everybody with me now. What fell on stony ground? The Word of God. Amen. Hey, get out of class faster if you respond. Verse number seven. And some fell among thorns. What fell among thorns? The. Verse number eight. Other fell on good ground. What fell on good ground? The. All right, now we get over to the explanation in uh, verse number 15. And the Bible said, these are they uh, by the wayside where the word is sown. Where the word is sown. So here we have in verse number uh, four, uh, we have <clears throat> uh, the uh, illustration uh, of uh, the seed, uh, which is the word of God being sown on uh, stony ground or by, excuse me, by the wayside, by the wayside. And one of the other uh, accounts of this uh, little story says people came and trampled on it <clears throat> by the wayside. And, um, and, uh, 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 and then on the stony ground in verses five uh, uh, and six, and then on thorny uh, soil in verse number seven, and then verse number eight 
on good ground. Now, the, uh, the, the good ground is, uh, that's the heart. All right, so the seed is the what? All right, and the ground represents the what? The heart. Ground, ground represents the what? The heart. The heart is represented by the ground. The ground represents the heart. Okay, here we go. We're learning, aren't we? Now we're in verse 15. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. All right, so here's the thing. Let me give you a sequence here. First thing that happens, the truth is given. The truth is given. Then the second thing that happens is that there is an initial response. And it's different in each of these. So the seed is sown. Now that's, that is, uh, that's true for all four of these examples. The seed is sown by the wayside. The seed is sown on the stony ground. The seed is sown in the thorny ground. And the seed is sown in the fertile soil. But then the second thing that happens in this sequence is that there is an initial response. And, and uh, the initial response uh, is positive. Look at verse 15. These are they uh, by, the, uh, 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 by the wayside where the word is sown. So the truth is given. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Look at that last little phrase, sown in their hearts. Now, these statements are not in chronological order, all right? So chronologically, the word is given and it is sown in their hearts. And the point I want to make is that the seed touched the heart. It touched the heart. The Bible says so. And so the initial response for the seed that was sown by the wayside, the truth was given, and then it touched their heart. Look at verse number 16. Here's the example of the uh, stony ground. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, look at, look at this initial response, immediately receive it with gladness. That's very positive, isn't it? I mean, immediately, wow, this is great. Oh, I'm so glad to hear about this. Immediately receive it with gladness. Uh, look down at verse uh, 18 and 19, which deals with the thorny soil. And the Bible says, verse 18, these are they which are sown. So the seed is the what class? The word of God. The, uh, sown among thorns, such as, here's the phrase, hear the word. They hear the word. That's exactly what is said in verse number 20 of the fruitful soil, which says in verse 20, and these are they which are sown, that's the word of God, on good ground such as hear the word. Hear the word. Same exact initial response. The thorny ground hears the word. They don't reject it immediately out of hand. They actually hear it. They actually listen to it. And the same is true with the good ground. They actually hear it or they listen to it if you will. So here we have the truth is given. First response, it touches the heart on the wayside. Uh, it's given again to the stony soil and it is immediately and gladly received. It's given to the thorny soil and it is heard. It gets a good hearing. It's given to the good soil and it gets a good hearing. Now, I want you to see this. Each time the word is given, there comes opposition. 
Let's go back to verse 15. This is, the, this is the wayside. What is the opposition? These are they by the wayside where the word is sown. The truth is given. But when they have heard. And remember they, they, they hear it and it reaches their heart. Sown in their hearts. When they have heard. When their hearts have been touched. When their hearts have been stirred. Guess who shows up? The old devil, smutty face. The opposition. I've told you this before. And honestly, this is illustrated on a regular basis where somebody's heart is open and they're listening to the word and they are receiving the word and it comes to the moment of truth, the moment of uh, decision and, uh, and, uh, and uh, inviting someone to receive Christ. And I, listen, I, I'm not exaggerating for a moment. I'm talking about bells ringing, uh, telephones ringing, dogs that have been dead asleep for the last 25 minutes, wake up and start howling at the moon and barking and, and uh, 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 salesmen at the door. I mean, all but baby that's just been gaga goo goo. All of a sudden, I mean, every manner of interruption you could imagine. I've watched it and I absolutely believe that the old devil has showed up. Why? Because the seed has been sown in. There's nothing wrong with the seed. Amen. And, and the seed has been sown and, and, it's, and, and the heart is open and, 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 and hearing and, 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 and is touched. There's some stirring in that heart and then that old Satan comes. Listen, I've watched folks with trembling lips and literally moistened eyes and, 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 and uh, hearing the gospel and receiving it and listening to it and not patronizing but listening and then a moment of truth to accept or reject uh, Christ and watch a, a spiritual battle and literally like a, just a switch, just shut off. Just shut off. I've told you the story years past, but two, two lesbians were attending our church several years ago, and our church family was kind to them. There was no public display of emotion or anything like that. But they were attending our services. And, uh, and, uh, and I, watched, <laughs> I watched the Lord deal with them repeatedly. And I watched them come to the altar. And I knew that the Holy Spirit was dealing with them. And I, 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 uh, they came, they came, they came, they came, and then it just stopped coming. And tried several weeks, uh, several different folks in the church, a, a, a couple that had been kind to them and so forth, tried to follow up on them. And I called the house, and one of those ladies answered the phone, and I t- said, you know, we've missed you at church, and we're praying for you, several of us. And I began to witness, and it was an extensive time on the phone witnessing and, uh, and, 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 and I'm talking about this dear lady was broken and she was hungry and she was listening. And, uh, and I, I was inviting her to Christ and I thought, man, this is incredible. God's, I think the Lord's getting ready to save this lady. And all of a sudden I heard something in the background. The door evidently opened. Another person entered and she just immediately, her whole tone changed, her voice changed. I got to go. I got to get off the phone. And I said, please, I said, please don't miss this opportunity. I got it. Boom. Hung up. Called back time and time again. Left notes on the door. Never got any response after that. I believe with all my heart that Satan showed up to snatch the word out of her heart. And you make, by the way, silent partner, that's why you're so very important. 
You've got to run interference when the devil comes. Amen. The devil comes and trying to, trying to I'm, I'm, I'm trying to win this guy to Christ. Amen. Let's see. No, uh, RJ's winning this man to Christ. Amen. Come on, quick, quick, quick. Soul to run. Uh, uh, and he's trying to win this guy to Christ. Amen. And the devil comes to try to mess it up. Amen. The silent partner has to run interference. Amen. He's got to run interference. He's got to box out. Amen. And uh, got to get position. Yeah. Amen. That means if he's got to burp a baby, he burps a baby. If he's got to answer the doorbell, he answers the doorbell. Listen, you say, that's silly. I guarantee it's not silly. I've watched it happen over and over again. When the Bible tells us, thank you, folks. Uh, the Bible tells us the devil wants to come and snatch that word out of their hearts. Now look at the second example. We have the truth given. We're in verse number 16 now. The truth is given. We have the initial response, which is gladly and immediately receiving the word. And then opposition comes. Look at verse 16. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves and so endure, but for a time afterward when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. So here comes some affliction. How many of you have been saved long enough to realize that getting saved didn't solve all your problems in the physical realm? It got us a home in heaven. Amen. And we have a friend that walks with us. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Amen. We're not alone anymore. But that day being life is not without problems. Bills still have to be paid. Amen. You still have to change the oil and change a flat tire. And you still have to work, right? Yeah, yeah life still happens. And, and, and afflictions come and sickness comes. And, 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 and don't, listen, don't ever fall into Satan's trap of blaming God because of the effects of sin on planet earth. Why did God let my car break down? For crying out loud, God didn't break your car down. And God's not up in heaven to make sure you're, you, you live a pampered life. Don't lay at the feet of God that life is rough. We're the ones that spoiled it. And don't get too mad at Adam and Eve because you didn't do very well today and I didn't do so well today either. And so the truth is this. It's not God's fault we live in a broken world. We live in a broken world. It means sickness. It means heartache. It means disappointment. It means affliction. Now listen, that seed is good and the heart receives it and the immediate response is, I'm glad to hear it. I'm excited about it. But let me. what you going to do when the affliction comes? Are you going to say, oh, I can't believe this happened to me. I'm going to church now. I got saved. I've been baptized. I'm living for the Lord. I thought God was with me. I thought God loved me. Yes, God does love you, but that doesn't mean you're not going to be sick. <laughs> Listen, this prosperity gospel, this health and wellness gospel is not biblical. It's not biblical. <clears throat> Listen, I, I've, I know God can heal. We've seen miracles in our family and across this auditorium. Many of you can stand and testify to absolute uh, miracles of healing that God has performed. And I rejoice in it. And I love that aspect of, of the Christian life. Amen. But he doesn't always heal. And he's good when he heals and when he doesn't heal. Amen. Are you going to be offended when affliction comes? As though you should never have trouble in your marriage? As though you should never be sick in your home. As though you should never have trouble with your children. 
The seed is good. It comes to our heart. The response initially is positive. It's immediate. It's, it's, it, it, it gladly, immediately and gladly received. But then persecution comes. Somebody makes fun of you. You do what? One of our young, one of our young men in the college was telling me, one, one of his co-workers of Christ, and he's telling me, uh, last night on the phone, the preacher said, they asked me, said, said uh, now, now, uh, uh, do you kiss your girlfriend? He goes, no, I don't kiss her. You don't kiss your girlfriend? Why don't you kiss your girlfriend? He said, because that don't make me want to do other stuff. I thought it was a pretty good answer, amen. Hey, hey and, and then he said, well, how, how many times you go to church? You go to church. What? How, what? They can't understand it. Now, let me tell you something. Listen, we're supposed to be different from this old world. Amen? We're supposed to be different from this old world. And this old world's going to look at us and make fun of that and, and, and mock and some persecution come. Which persecution here doesn't really even begin to compare with persecution in other places in the world, right? But God, God help us if we fail because we get a little persecution. Somebody picks on us a little bit and misunderstands us. But listen, it's going to happen. There's going to be, if you get a testimony for Christ, people are going to know. How come you don't, listen, how come you don't laugh at my jokes? How come you don't dress this way? How come you don't kiss your girlfriend? How come you don't do this? How come you don't do that? And you're going to have an opportunity to be offended. You're going to have an opportunity to, out of persecution, to become offended. Look at the fourth one here, verse number 20. Excuse me, verse number, uh, the third one here, verse number 18. These are they which are sown. Uh, truth is given. Among thorns such as hear the word, the word is heard. And, number three, the cares of this world. And the deceitfulness of riches. And the lusts of other things. So those... The truth is given, touches the heart, and the devil comes. The truth is given, it's gladly received, and then persecution comes. Then the truth is given in the thorny ground, and it, the word is heard, and then life happens. Cares of this world. How many of you got a lot going on in your life? Yeah, I got a lot going on. How many of you have said sometime in the last 30 days, I tell you what, we're going to do that. I, I just got a lot going on right now. But when we get done with that part, then I'll do that. How many of you, you understand this, right? The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. You know how many people, listen to me, you know how many people used to be fruitful in their Christian life and they started chasing a dollar bill. And they start letting... Uh, 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 the dollar bill dictate their life. Listen, I'm, I, I, money is a tool. It's a wonderful tool. It's God gave us, amen. But if you fall in love with it, it'll ruin you. And the, the root of all evil in this world is somebody that fell in love with a dollar bill. The deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things. There is no end to hungering and wanting things. There's no end to it. Because, listen, as soon as, you, as, soon as you, do, you do everything you can to get that thing you wanted, and by the time you finally get that thing, and you pull it up to the stoplight, you're so proud of your thing, you look over the window and you're like, oh, man, they got another new thing. <laughs> and now your new thing is not so impressive. Now it's an old thing, especially that big, fat payment book you got with it. By the time you get over that, it's real old. And if you ever get fall into that where you're chasing things, chasing things, chasing things, chasing Listen to me. Listen. You start that. Listen. You start that. And you'll never be fruitful. 
You'll never be fruitful. Everybody in this room has the same amount of days in the week, same amount of months in a year, same amount of minutes in an hour, same amount of hours in a day. We all have the same gift from God, and we decide how we're going to use it. So there's the truth that's given. There's the initial response, which in all four cases is positive. Then there's the opposition, the old devil, affliction and persecution, life and cares and riches, pursuing things. Then there is what we just call the response. Look back at verse number 15. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately. Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word. So the initial response is very positive. But then the devil showed up. And we believed the lies. And the last thing, the result, was that truth is now supplanted. Let me tell you something. Listen. If the old devil comes to you, and boy, he does it in slick fashion. The Bible says he transforms himself into an angel of light. False teachers in the Old Testament, and they're abundant today. Amen? Some false teacher come along and steal your zeal. And still your fervor, still your excitement for the truth that you received, that you once gladly and immediately received, and the devil comes along and begins to lie to you, and you believe those lies, and it won't be long until you will have the truth supplanted with those lies. Look at verse number 17. Excuse me, 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, that's the truth given, Immediately receive it with gladness. That's the initial response. They're glad to hear that. 17, and have no root in themselves and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth, there is the opposition. What happens? Immediately they are what? Offended. And they respond ultimately by being offended. What is the result of that? They abandon the truth. I wonder how many people are not running their bus route, not teaching their Sunday school class, not going to that nursing home, not preaching in those jails, not singing in the choir, not keeping the nursery, not sweeping the hallways because something happened and they got offended and they got their feelings hurt. So I was treated unfairly. I, maybe they had some affliction. Maybe they got offended at God. They had some sickness or a death in the family or something like that. Or maybe they got some persecuted, mistreated in some way, at least by their view. They mistreated in some way. They got offended and now they're not fruitful. Now they're not serving. Now they're out of church. Oh, listen to me, my dear friend. Hey, listen, that initial response is a positive one in every situation. And I don't know what's going to happen in your life, but I know the devil's not going to just let you sit there and soak up the truth without some kind of opposition. And I know that life is going to swallow you whole if it can. And I know that hurts are going to have a tendency to, uh, to offend you. You've got to decide. Listen, you hear the truth. You to, how many people have come to me and they come out there and I'm standing by the back door and say, oh, that's such a good sermon. and so good. That helped me. That's just what I needed. And, uh, and, uh, Boy, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Okay, that's great. That's a good initial response. We ought to enjoy the preaching, but what you going to do when the devil comes? What you going to do when you get sick? What you going to do when you get uh, persecuted? What you going to do when you get made fun of? What you going to do when, uh, when, when life happens? When life happens. When you, well, I would, but I'm just, I got so much going on, Pastor. 
Now, listen, I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but I guarantee you, He's coming, and He's coming soon. And I believe you'll be happy that you were busy for the Lord when that trumpet blew. Amen. Sure, life can swallow you up. And so truth is given. The initial response. Then the opposition. And then, look at uh, verse, verse 18, 19. These are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word. What's the last phrase? And it what? In verse 19. And it what? This is somebody who had a season of fruit bearing in their life. And now they're not bearing fruit anymore. Now they're not bearing fruit anymore. Let me give you four statements. Number one, you can have a fruitful life. You can't have a fruitful life. How many of you saved? Say amen. Okay. The Holy Spirit that lives in you is, 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 lives in me. And we have, how many of you have a Bible tonight? Amen. You got your perfect Bible. You got an old King James Bible. Wave it at me like that. Go ahead. You have your Bible in church for a while. Wave it at me. Got your King James Bible. Wave it at me like that. All right. Wave it. I mean, if you don't have one, put it under the chair. Uh, and I'm sorry. Uh, you got one? Hey, you got the perfect word of God. Nothing wrong with this seed. Amen. amen. Nothing wrong with this seed. How many of you have a heart? How many of you have a heart? You have a heart. How many, as far as you know, your heart's open tonight? As far as you know, your heart's open. All right, praise God. Guess what? You have the two things that you need to be fruitful. Amen? You've got the truth, and you've got an open heart. Listen, God can use you, and God can use me. God can bring forth fruit in our lives. He can make us fruitful because the Word has power. Amen? And, and he uses human instruments, this old heart of mine. God will use it. Isn't that wonderful? I want a fruitful life. How about you? Don't let the devil talk you out of it. Don't be ashamed of the truth. Don't be disheartened when, when uh, 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 don't be ashamed when persecution comes. Don't be disheartened when trials and tribulations come. Uh, don't don't, don't uh, go off and begin to live for things. Uh, don't get tangled up in the world system. Uh, don't be fooled by the dollar bill and, 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 and say, by God's grace, I know it's coming. I love the truth. Opposition's coming, but I, by God's grace, am going to live a fruitful life. I want to have something. When I stand in the judgment seat of Christ one day, I want to have some rewards so I can take them and lay them down at Jesus' feet. Amen. Number two, respond to the seed God has sown in your heart. Listen to me. The, the seed is the truth. It's the word of God. If you'll go back and look at these very carefully, you will see immediate positive responses right away in each of these occasions. Take the first one, for example, in verse number 15. The word is sown, and it, it's sown in the heart, so it touched the heart. But then what happened right away? The old devil came. The old devil came. Can I tell you something, my dear friend? Listen, you know what's better to do? The, the first time persecution comes, the first time the devil sends somebody, put some doubts in your mind. The first time uh, some uh, uh, affliction comes into your life, you respond right away to the truth that God has given you. Do you know that persecution in the life of a Christian can make you more fruitful than you ever would have been? 
Do you know how Richard Warmbrand has been used worldwide and even since his death for so many years ago, now he's with the Lord, but how his, his life impact. Here's a man persecuted for Jesus Christ. Here's a man vilely treated under, under the uh, 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 communist in Romania and, and, and tortured repeatedly, but would not denounce his faith in Christ. How persecution didn't drive the truth out of his heart. It just drove it deeper in his heart and how that man's life has been impacted in every martyr and every person has ever been persecuted and made fun of listen young people listen to me if the truth came in your heart and you got excited about it, you received it you made some commitments the first time that somebody makes fun of you you ought to say glory to God praise God I must be doing something right amen Woo-hoo! not oh my goodness I guess a better compromise no no you want to live a fruitful life respond to the truth as God it gives it to you number three look at this Go down to verse number 21. I'm coming down. To, I got the landing gear down. The wheels are down. And we're coming to the runway. Verse 21. He said to them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed and not, a, not to be set under, on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which should not be manifested. Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Take heed what ye hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that hath to him shall be given. And he that hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he hath. Go back to verse number 20. These are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundred. I think the light is in the verses that follow, verse 21, those verses we read, is talking about the truth, just like the word is talking the truth. What he told us there is this, is that this isn't just an isolated thing in your life. This is something that can happen over and over again in your life. In other words, as you receive uh, the word, as you receive the truth, and you respond to the truth, and you bear fruit in your life, and then you get more seed, and and you respond uh, in faith and obedience and you, you bear more fruit. It, God is saying this. He said, I want you to be more and more and more fruitful. This isn't just an isolated event in a Christian's life. This is going on at any given time in all of our lives. And in some of our lives, sometimes we respond like we're hard as, as, as nails. How many of you ever as a Christian, born again, saved, on your way to heaven, influenced others to do right, maybe one souls to Christ, taught a Sunday school class, and you got hard-hearted? Did you ever get hard-hearted as a Christian? Yeah. What I'm saying is this, what the application I want to make is this, is the truth is this, this is, could happen to any, all these, this could happen to any of us. Just because you've been fruitful for a while doesn't mean your heart can't get hard. You understand? And just because you had a season of fruitfulness in your life doesn't mean you can't get offended by persecution and affliction. And just because you've had a season of fruitfulness in your life doesn't mean you can't be distracted by the cares of this world and start chasing things and start chasing riches. Hey, listen to me. God has said, I'm watching. I'm giving you truth, putting the seed in, the, in your heart and what you do with your bare fruit. Oh, here comes some more seed and then a bigger harvest and then more seed and a bigger harvest. God is an investor. Look at look what he says in verse 25. For he that hath to him shall be given, and he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath. Listen, 
You, get, you backslide and get a hard heart and get bitter at God. And one or two things are going to happen. Either you're going to change the way you're living or you're going to change what you believe. You're going to start telling people, I don't believe all that anymore. You know why? Because you can't live with yourself. You can't live with yourself. You can't know the truth and live like a heathen. You're going to either have to get your heart right and get clean, or you're going to have to say, well, I don't believe that anymore. That's the only thing you can do to save your troubled conscience. God says, I'm going to watch what you do with the truth I give you, the opportunities I give you. You bear fruit, here comes some more. Bear fruit, here comes some more. Now that means, listen, listen, listen. Watch me and I'm going to be done. That means everybody in this room is either becoming more fruitful at this moment or less fruitful. One or two. You understand that application? We're either becoming more fruitful, more fervent, more passionate, more burdened for the lost, or less. Number four and lastly, our life should be an ever-increasing life of fruitfulness. Our life should be an ever-increasing life of fruitfulness. Listen, don't let a past season of your life be the most fruitful season of your life. Don't outgrow simple obedience. Don't outgrow humble service. So what if you know how to win a soul? So what? What good is it for you to know how to win a soul and you don't win souls? What good is it for you to have a voice that can bring honor and glory to God and you don't use it for the Lord anymore? What good is it you know how to teach a Sunday school lesson but you don't teach Sunday school lessons anymore? Anybody with me? What good is it that you can serve God? You know what to do. You've been fruitful. I'm saying, listen, if I understand what the Lord put on my heart as I read and meditated on these scriptures, I think God is saying, listen, don't you think uh, that, that you know, you got, a, you got a good heart and he's got a hard heart. That's just the way it is. You got a soft heart, so you're always going to be fruitful and he's a hard heart. He's all... No, the truth is this. You may have had a soft heart and you may have been fruitful, but that doesn't mean you can't get offended. That doesn't mean you can't get sorry. That doesn't mean you can't backslide. That doesn't mean you can't become hard. What God is saying is this. He said, I want to invest in some folks who will take what I give them and bear fruit so I can give them more so they can bear more fruit so they can bear much fruit so they can have fruit that remains. Amen. I want to live a fruitful life. How about you? Let's stand together, Father.